This is the Rich Eisen Show. Tyler Lockett, what did you know about Geno Smith from this offense that the rest of the league has learned? Going to throw deep. Got a man in the corner. It is Lockett. Touchdown, Seahawks. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We knew what Geno could do. I mean, you know, it was mostly a lot of people on the outside who didn't know what Geno could be able to do. Earlier on the show, host of the Greenlight Podcast, Chris Long. Coming up, author of the new book, Uphill, a memoir, Jamel Hill. Plus your phone calls, Overreaction Monday, and more. And now it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. If you missed anything from the first couple of hours, whether it's our can't-miss opinions and takes and uh, thoughts on week number eight and the rest of what went down over the sports weekend, or Chris Long in his usual Monday spot, or Overreaction Monday. If you miss any of the first two hours, don't worry. Right here on the Roku channel, Channel 210, we re-air. Also, there's the Rich Eisen Show Collection, a video-on-demand service. So you can watch us on demand again or just watch us re-aired. Also, uh, you can check us out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Most of the show is uh, posted there. There's also our podcast. You can listen to all three hours whenever you're done well, please. It's your right in this sports and entertainment content viewing and listening nation. Um, it's all there for you. And we say hello to our terrestrial radio listeners, those listening to us on Sirius XM and Odyssey. Thrilled to have you here on this program. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Jamel Hill um, is here today and excited to have her here. A terrific new memoir um, called Uphill. And it's available or all books are sold. The new book available right now where you get your book. She's on a book tour. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, hope... Uh, when she goes on to her book tour in the same way that Jeff Perlman, who was our last author here in studio, he's got this new great book on Bo Jackson. Uh, he went on a book tour, went to Auburn, and their coach just got fired. So <laughs> hopefully, you know, she doesn't have the, the Perlman in her as she goes about her book tours. Well, Auburn just fired their coach, huh? They did after a 9-12 and 12 record in less than two years. How about them apples, huh? He's owed $15 million. Is that buyout. so? Yeah. <laughs> so Oops. I'm already seeing on uh, on Twitter right now after uh, What's that like? Brian Harson just I know just uh, got fired. Um, I'm already hearing Dion's name mentioned. Did you see? Did you see uh, game day went to Who was it Jackson, Jackson State. State? It was awesome. And uh, and see, saw you know uh, Stephen A went in as the guest yep. picker. Very cool. And um, Stephen A and and Dion shared a moment in the. Uh, the green room trailer, you know, um, RV that they had. And all I could think to myself was, and Dion put out a photograph of him in the tunnel, seeing everything in yeah. front of him, saying, caption this without, without curse words, he said. <laughs> um, and because, you know, Dion does not curse no, right. anymore. I don't know if he did back in the day, but at any rate, um, I learned the word dern from him. Dern, yes. yeah, that's his thing. So, um, dern thing. This dern, that's his dern way of talking. I, all I thought to myself was what he has built. It's Unbelievable, but I not surprising. No, nope. not surprising. And I, I don't know. Would it surprise me if he took a job elsewhere right now? Maybe. I think he wants to see what he's doing. Through. Well, I remember when he was with right? us not that long ago. He said if he did take a big job like that, QB is coming with him. But also, he also pointed out like why is it fine for my name to get mentioned in so-called bigger schools and bigger programs, 
but it's not fine for my kids to be mentioned in bigger awards right right now why is that oh i'm fine to so-called step up but my kids aren't allowed to step up to be thrown into the heisman conversation even though shador his actual kid is putting up heisman like numbers i just saw that this weekend i'm like you go prime love to see it. you go on with yourself Deion Sanders, he was on 60 Minutes the other day. Look at him. I mean, I've told, you, I've told you guys this story before, but, you know, mid-90s, I'm in Pittsburgh working at Foot Locker one afternoon. Nobody's in the store, and I'm just kind of hanging out, and I see this person walking down the street, and I was like, that can't be. It is, and Dion came in the Foot Locker, and it was just like. What was he doing there? Uh, Braves were playing the Pirates. So, okay. you know, he had the afternoon, and he was just taking a walk around downtown by himself. And just, buying shoes? Buy, I don't know. I can't remember if he actually bought anything, but he came in. We chopped it up for a minute. Were you wearing the referee shirt? Of course, man. You know? Do you have a photograph of it? Nah, I didn't. I didn't really take... You know, this, well, this is, is back in the day yeah, when you, you needed an actual camera. Yeah, you had to have one of those yeah. click, zit, zit, zit type thing. Nah, mm-hmm. you didn't have that. But yeah, that was... Because you know, like I said, I was a Florida State fan because of picking up Sports Illustrated once. I was like, who is this guy? I can't you believe know? that he... He is true. Out 100%. Most famous guy I've ever walked through an airport You've with. said that before, yeah. And everybody comes up to him. When I say everybody, I'm talking about everybody. You name it. Age, different, complete walks of life, everybody. Prime was different, man. Everybody comes up to him and talks to him. And he's he was great to everybody unless you're like coming up to him and asking him for an autograph with something that, you know, he, he's, he could smell out somebody <laughs> trying to make a dime off yeah, of his yeah. autograph. Like uh, like nobody I've ever seen, and then have I told this story about what we're, we're in Chicago together? I think I have. Where <laughs> we're in Chicago on a Thursday night, and it's freezing, and I got no headgear, I got nothing, and I'm a bald man. This just in proud bald man, and he is right. And this is way back when Dion was a bald man. You he was still one of you were bald. Okay, you were bald. Okay, <laughs> so. He says to me, you can't do that. Like, it's going to be cold. Like, you need, you need some, you know, something. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. And he's like, let's go shopping. And we go, I think, into the water tower or something like that. Real fancy store. He's showing me ha- these, these hats to me that are way out of my price range. I mean, way out. And they're fedoras. And I'm like, Dion, like, I can't. <laughs> I'm not do you. this. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> not I you, can't dude. pull this off. This yeah. is your nineteen or early two thousand price range, not the twenty twenty two price. Stop range. it. Hey now, I'm just saying. Stop it. <laughs> What's the matter with you? So yeah, I'm like, I can't do this. He's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. So I bought a fedora. Yeah, you did. And <laughs> that was your first rakish hat, bro. <laughs> it was my first rakish hat. Uh-huh. Yes, and I rocked it on NFL Network. And I, thankfully, I think this was pre-Twitter. It would not have been. Oh man, what if we can? Find the mentions would have been trash and Did garbage. You feel good in but the my, hat, no, but my texts, my my, you know, my poker buddies were sending me pictures of Inspector Gadget. <laughs> you know, if you remember, <laughs> if you remember <laughs> the, the Coen Brothers movie Miller's Crossing, <laughs> like that sort of stuff. They were just hating on your And Dion was like, you look good. I'm like, if Dion thinks I look good, then I am good. Yeah, it don't matter what the poker guys say. If Prime told you, if Prime took you and yeah. helped you pick out that. Dion may have told me I would look good in the moment, but I'm still hearing it. <laughs> That's Over jealousy. a decade later. That's jealousy, Rich. Yeah, because I think I did look good in the fedora. You don't have a picture of this? There's not. I don't even know where the fedora is now either. Susie probably chucked it. 
By the way, yeah, it might be in the studio might be the somewhere. Culprit. It might, be, might be the culprit. It might be gone. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Jeff in Detroit, one of our favorites, is here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Jeff? You know, it's funny, because, and thank you for coming to me so quick. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, Prime is pretty much set up for man of the year. After this, one person is doing so much, and you think about it. How many people would just say, okay, I'm going to go to this school and learn how, help them learn how to become famous, how to get in the spotlight, how to get, you know, people to come in mm-hmm. and work together. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing people together, that's a hard task. And this man has done it, for real. This man has really done it. Uh, about the weekend, uh, man, Michigan is a beautiful place. We had some great uh, sports here this weekend. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, my goodness, the U of M game was great. The aftermath, though, was just horrible. It really and truly was. And my thinking is, you know, with Mel Tucker, if he goes ahead, he could suspend half the team. Will they look at him funny or, you know, maybe give him an out? Because now it's like you had these players, you know, pretty much out of control. And I have a question for you. Okay. um, I'm wondering. I'm not going to talk about the Detroit Lions anymore after this. I, I, I'm Don't say that. Don't say that. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? One day, it's I, got, one day it will turn, sir. You know it. Until they win. Yes. Until they win, I'm yes. not going to talk about the Lions because I'm finding myself, my NFL fandom is coming back. I'm upset because the Jets lost against the Patriots. <laughs> I'm happy that TJ's uh, uh, squad looks like a squad. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy for my friends in the NFL, and I'm enjoying the games. You know, I really am enjoying the games, which it leads me to wonder, which one befuddles you more because you guys actually were talking about it. Which one is like, I mean, totally unexpected? How good Seattle is doing or how bad Green Bay is doing, especially with the division pretty much wide open other than uh, Kirk D. Cousins. Usually, I mean, come on, man. I will say this, <laughs> uh, Jeffrey, I, I am definitely more surprised by Seattle. Green Bay, um, we were wondering what 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 were they going to do without Devontae Adams? And, you know, and when it's so thin and you lose um, Randall Cobb to a cart and Alan Lazard to a sling – uh, with a shoulder, then you're you're in trouble. You're in trouble. And um, so three and five to me, while surprising because it is a team quarterback by Aaron Rodgers, what uh, what's going on with the Seahawks is definitely more surprising. And I will say this to you because I love you, man. Um, you know, if you're not rooting for the Lions, don't don't look in my direction. The Jets will you well, no, choose. I, I look I in TJ's direction. Just, you know, I can't talk about them until they win. It's just like okay, I just. I, I I get so emotional about mm-hmm. them. You know, is that that's my squad, and we hear the same thing every year. And it's it's like you're right there. It's like Lucy with the football. You go to kicking him, <laughs> there boom, it goes. right on your back. And every time we're so close. I hear you. And yesterday, yesterday I thought you know being up big, but thanks for the call, uh, Jeff. You be well. I mean, that's the issue when you're playing Miami, and two is active. They could put points up in a hurry. Waddle and Hill, not fair. It appears right now. By the Let's way, Waddle's touchdown celebration might be the best in the football. You like it, Penguin? How could you not? He's waddling. He's awesome. yeah, I mean, how can you beat that? Did you yeah, see? That's the best. <laughs> did you see Patrick Peterson's celebration in no. the end zone? No, celebrating with all of the Vikings after they turned the Cardinals over. He started playing. Oh, he oh. put on. 
yeah. a headphones, a headset, yeah, yeah, yeah. and started playing, you know, a video game. Well, the new Call of Duty got released on Thursday. That's uh, not what it's for, sir. It's this guy. No, I yeah, it, your it's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a Call of Duty game. Tyler Tyler Murray, and, then, and, then, and then he did, and then he did a yoga pose. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Hey now. <laughs> Kyler balled out though. Yes, I'll tell you that. Oh, D Hop's balling out, man. <sighs> that team and JJ Watt balled out too. JJ JJ Watt just had a baby last week, so that was you know, that was big for him. He did. Joe in North Carolina will take your call and then bring Jamel Hill out here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's go take your call. What's up, Joseph? Hey, Richard. How you doing today? I'm doing great. What's on your mind? Well, first, I just wanted to address uh, TJ, and TJ, you are right that the Waddle is the best uh, touchdown dance there is, so kudos to you for getting that right. And Well, actually, if I'm not mistaken, Brockton, if I'm holding on a second before you go on, if I'm not mistaken, is that is that what, what Paul Pierce's celebration would have been if he didn't have the wheelchair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he would have even been able to waddle. He just would have well, released it. Lamar, Lamar, it was the Lamar, Lamar was doing I mean, it in Cleveland a couple years ago. <laughs> I didn't mean to go lowest common denominator. I didn't mean to go LCD on you, Joe. Continue on with your thoughts. Sorry, Joe. But I agree, Joe. Uh, that's all right. And uh, <laughs> Next thing is, dang it, Brockman, I had these nice QBR stats and pass ratings for two, and you completely undercut me. Ah. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, homie. <clears throat> but my question to you, Rich, is, is what would it take for Tua to be in the national conversation as a good quarterback because in looking over it, he is in games that he his last fourteen games he's twelve and two. Yep. But twelve and one in games that he finishes. And when you look at a guy like Josh Allen, um, from the regular season to now, he's ten and three if you include the postseason, twelve and four. But two is number one in QBR, number one in passing rating, Tyreek's on pace for 2,000 yards, but what would it actually take for him to get on the board for everybody talking about him as a good quarterback instead of everybody looking at him like he's just some trashy short guy and he can't do anything? He's got a five-game stretch. How about this? He's got a five-game stretch. How about that for an answer for you? A five-game stretch coming up later in the year. Mr. Hoskins, if you have the Dolphins schedule, put it up. Because as you were going through all that, Joe, I was looking at my color-coded schedule here. And here it is. Weeks 13 through 17. He has got games at San Francisco. Okay. Mm-hmm. Against his old uh, McDaniel, McDaniel's old team. At the Chargers. Okay. Versus Herbert. That's the guy he's been pegged to. as He's not as good as... Then they're at Buffalo, freezing in week 15, okay? That could be on a Saturday night, too. Then he's mm-hmm. on Christmas Day. The whole country pulls up a chair and watches him take on Green Bay at home on Christmas Day. And then they're at New England on New Year's Day. That's it. And then home against the Jets. How about the last six games? He starts doing that, and then he goes to the playoffs, and then we start talking about him that way. I think we he's, he's, he's growing in that direction, and he stays healthy. We got to see it. Thanks for the call, Joe. I appreciate it. How's that for an answer? I gave him actual dates. Let's see what he does there. I don't know about you, but that looked like money. <laughs> and you know, salty too. I'm waiting for it. We're seeing it a little bit, right? We're seeing it. Stay healthy, Tua. Yeah, I'm Just stay healthy, Tua. man. Stay healthy. I'm team Tua. You are, huh? Yeah. Because like they're not playing in the Dallas Cowboys, are they? No. All right. No, they got to play us. Let's take a break. I've got a book here. It's called Uphill. 
And it's a memoir of Jamel Hill, and she's here, and this is going to be great. Hey, Mike, would... can you play Tupac, uh, Don't Make Enemies With Me, when Jamel... Okay. I don't know if we have the rights. <laughs> don't break up the fight. But we'll rumble. finish up with the top five scariest storylines story in week eight as well. Don't go anywhere. Jamel Hill, when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. The book is called Uphill, a memoir by Jamel Hill, who I have known for quite some time, way back when uh, you were a scribe for, what, ESPN2 or something like that online? <laughs> and, and now uh, look at you. It was page two. Page two. ESPN.com. ESPN.com, page two. At any rate, Uphill, a, uh, a terrific memoir uh, written by you, Jamel Hill. Thank you for being on this program. Always a pleasure, though, as I've been texting you since yesterday. Yes. This was a setup. <laughs> like, you put this in the universe. How can you we, you know. I saw, hold on a minute. I saw that you're on a tour for correct. your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am always up for being supportive for whatever you want to promote or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. I reached out to you knowing that you had, based on your schedule, a two-day window to be in Los Angeles, California, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And you said, Monday works best. And I said, okay. And it's funny Right around third quarter of Saturday night's game <laughs> between our alma maters, Michigan and Michigan State, you say uh, something along the lines, it's sort of like some hazard light went on in your world that you were appearing on this program <laughs> after all this. Yeah. It, You're accusing me of being a setup I'm artist. I'm saying that the, the timing really works out very well for you. Well, we- it could have worked out well for you. I guess. You're right. It could have happened in the opposite. Then 
it would have been you who would have been questioning, mm-hmm. why did I invite her on this show? <laughs> but then there's a beat down. Well, two. Technically, how you want to see this? There's the game and the fight. Well, it's a beat down and then a beat up. Right, you're right. A beat up, and so I was just like, "Wow, it's one thing if we, you know, catch one by uh, Michigan, which I think most Michigan State fans have to say they totally expected." Yes. Then the other additional extracurricular activity occurs. Obviously, a post game fight in the locker room or the locker room area in the tunnel, and now I'm just like, "Wow." Not one of my better times to come on this program. Yeah, I have to say that. But it, it, don't worry, I'm not going to do anything untoward on no, the subject no, matter. No, I'm not like, saying that you. No, would. no. I'm, and again, I'd rather talk about uphill, which mm. is uh, a story about the third quarter and fourth quarter of Saturday's game. Is that what it's called? <laughs> wow. Right, exactly. Wow, that's yeah, odd oh, that you were like ripped straight from the headlines. I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since I, I mean, there is a photograph of you that I have in my phone. Mm-hmm. It's saved forever. You mm-hmm. in a Michigan State shirt and jersey mm-hmm. smoking a cigar outside that you would post all the time after Michigan State beat Michigan. The last two years I've been able to post that. And then um, before that, quite a bit quite as well. Quite a bit, yeah. So, I know. listen, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Today I'm the nail. It's I'm, okay. Yeah, and I know that. <laughs> and just, you know, give me your two cents on what the rivalry means so people can kind of understand it since that is out there right now and mm-hmm. being discussed nationally right now. You know, so what do you think? I, I know a lot of people are looking at this and if this is their first impression of Michigan State or this is a relatively new impression, as you know, Rich, and I don't think I'm overstating it. I do think between the two schools, the rivalry does mean more to us, right? I, I don't, I, I think the rivalry means something to Michigan, but obviously because of Ohio State's presence, you know, there's, there's some, um, there's a debate there about it for you all. And which is ironic because all that does is irritate Michigan State fans more. We want to be the most, the one you hate the most, not Ohio State, right? We're 60 something miles apart. But in real real life stuff, though, where a lot of these players who faced each other on Saturday know each other from like grade school. They're from the Detroit area. Um, They have played against each other. (laughs) It's like... Of course, I, I, I don't condone what happened. And the players were suspended. The university acted swiftly as they should. Indeed. An investigation will take place. But this is sort of not surprising. There has been, there's always this underlying bubble of hatred between the two schools. Yes. And especially, as you know, when we beat you all, and especially the consistency in which we beat you in the last 10 to 12 years, then we are insufferable. That's just what it is. Like, we are much more insufferable in this. <laughs> And because of that, especially after last year, the last two years in which Mel Tucker has won, that I knew coming into this game that if we don't win, if Michigan gets the opportunity, they are going to bury us. Prove a point, which you did with the physical nature of, you know, the running game. And, and throwing deep with three minutes deep. to go. Listen, if I'm you, I would do the same you texted thing. Me. You te- by I way, would do this. Jamel texted me like, I would put 50 on you guys. I would, I would try to. I'm clowning. Totally clowned So I didn't take that personally at all. But again, you have to remember a lot of these players, they have played football against each other in high school, close proximity. We know what proximity breeds, the nature of the rivalry. Right. That tunnel was the right recipe for something to go down, especially because the other element we don't know is I want to know 
why the two Michigan players were isolated and there. I, I definitely want to know what happened. And, yeah. I, and, and the, you know, Harbaugh just said today he thinks criminal charges are coming, which is serious business. It is serious know. business. I hate that it gets to that. Because, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, does it really have to get to that? Um, I, I understand it. it. It was serious. I get that. I don't want to belie the seriousness of it. But of you could easily see something happen, happening like that between Michigan and Ohio State. There have been near almost fights a lot of times in these type of games. It's just you didn't see it the way that uh, we all uh, saw it on, on Saturday night. So not a good look for the university. I do think some of y'all, as in Michigan fans, are putting a little too much on it. A little too much hot sauce. A little too much spiciness. On, on what? Well, it's just... On the post-game stuff you're talking no, about? No, I or? mean as in some of the language you to describe what happened as if, again, this isn't a heated rivalry. And any university tends to do this with their rivals. They try to clutch the pearls a little tighter oh, and ask try. like, oh, we could never. And I was like, and I, I say this, liking him, de- yeah. having defended, defended him. I was like, you know, y'all did have a coach slap somebody. I mean, this this year. All right. So it's like. Oh, you're talking about the hockey, the hockey coach? You're no, talking about, I'm talking about your, your basketball coach. Oh, Juwan. I see. Yeah, that did happen. Okay. So I'm just saying that sometimes mm. in heated moments, things yes. go down. So let's not get all holier than thou on me right now. Like, y'all didn't have some moments too. We both, both universities have. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Okay. All right. J- Jamel Hill here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let us talk about your book mm-hmm. and why now? It seems like you still have a lot of your story to, to go in your career. All right, you know, you're on the Rich Eisen show. You got to tell the truth. Yes, thank you. The money is initially what you got me into. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. I got to keep it a buck. I got to keep it a full buck. So, (laughs) that's what you know. I guess uphill, or that you're looking at the Benjamins. (laughs) So this is what happens. The stack. I always wanted to be an author, but Mm. I wanted to be want to be. Let me not say that in the past tense. A fiction author. Yes. And I never imagined wanting to write about myself and my story. Not that I didn't think I was compelling or interesting, but it was just never something that I ever really had a true desire to do. So in 2019, my literary agent at CAA told me that there's a tremendous amount of interest in the publishing world in your story. And I'm like, really? Okay. I know I've been in the headlines and I know for why. So I I sort of get it from a curiosity standpoint. Mm -hmm. And the book went to auction. I mean, it just is it, like I wrote a book proposal and went to auction. I was very surprised <laughs> that it did go to auction, even though he told me it was. And then he told me, hey, if you really want to make your path in the publishing world, this is a good way to start. And once I sort of accepted that I have to write about myself, then me, you know, just my journalistic kind of mentality is that I'm I, I'm leaving every play on the field. I know, I, like you said, I have a lot of life to live, but the life I have lived yes. is, I think, pretty compelling. And it goes really far beyond ESPN. ESPN is the least part of these chapters that I write about. And so um, then it became a mission to own the narrative and also write about my life growing up in Detroit and my story in the most transparent, honest vulnerable raw way that I could. Okay, so what do you want folks to know about the uphill portion of this? So Jamel? the uphill portion, I t- I've told a lot of people who've read it, starts up kind of heavy, you know, very heavy. Gets lighter as you go through, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, my both of my parents are recovering addicts, um, and so I grew up witnessing a lot of things I shouldn't. There's a very, um, there's a very dark 
history of sexual abuse in my family. And so these are things I write about very honestly. Um, some other things, you know, happen to me personally. I write about having an abortion. I write about the fact that, um, you know, somebody tried to rape me when I was a preteen, like all these other things. So it's very heavy, um, tough subjects, but I think it's important to deal with these topics. And I also think for families who most of us come from very complicated dynamics, we don't always talk about them, but there's a layer of shame that are sometimes around these topics. And I thought it was very important for me to do what I could to take the shame off of it. Why did you turn to sports? I mean, what was where, where did that turn come from? I mean, we just heard your background and right. your upbringing. Was it was it a um, a I guess a safe world in your mind? You it, it, it was. I mean, people ask me when did you fall in love with sports. I'm like, I don't know because I've never not loved sports. I've always been drawn to it, and the origination is being a tomboy. Like I loved playing sports growing up in the neighborhood. I played fast pitch uh, softball in high school and in middle school and, mm -hmm. you know, was on traveling teams and that kind of thing. So I was pretty knee deep into just the competitive a aspect of sports. And that naturally bled over into a love of all different sports. The first team I ever loved was the, was the Detroit Tigers. They won when I was um, when I was eight years old in the 80s, 84. I can still name that whole starting lineup. You know, like I love that team so much. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, growing up in the city is you know, Pistons, Red Wings, never liked the Lions. Was not my, you know. Well, I mean, Barry Sanders arrived um, and in the early, late 80s, late early 80s, 90s. Early 90s. Yep. Um, but you're talking, because uh, I was in, just to date myself, in college from 86 to 90 mm -hmm. uh, in Michigan at in Ann Arbor. And that was Tigers were killing it. The yep. Red Wings were killing it. The Pistons were on the verge of doing the right bad there. I mean, yeah. I hated Mahorn and Lambeer. To you this hated day. them? Hated them. What? I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. Well, yeah, that makes okay, sense. Okay, so That's I, I remember. I remember when the Knicks went in with Bernard King in Joe Lewis Arena. Okay, like I was there as a Knicks fan in New York, and then I go to Michigan and. Man, I hated the. How are you surprised I would hate the bad boys? Yeah, you're right. I mean, Unless I thought that from, being at Michigan might have definitely to a little oh, bit. Absolutely not. Like, no, it was happening. No, because they got really good. Yeah, and they were man. Then you were really suffering. <laughs> it was. It was. It, it was. was you know. To but but that was the ascension of the mm. Detroit the, the Detroit sports world for sure. Yeah, you know, and, and so all of those things put right. me into sports, and as you know, this rich is that. Um, growing up, if you really wanted to follow your favorite sports teams, you read the newspaper. And so I started reading the free press and the news, and I realized that, oh, people actually write about sports for a living. This is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I was already a voracious reader. I loved to write. I was terrible at math. I had all the recipe for being a journalist, okay? Mm -hmm. And then in high school, I joined my high school newspaper staff. And at the time... The way it worked for Detroit public high schools is the free press put a special insert inside the paper once a month that had all the high school newspapers in them. Mm -hmm. So you had to go to the free press to put together the paper. So the first time I walked into a newsroom, I was hooked. I was very fortunate that I figured out my life's work in 10th grade. Never done anything since wow. that was different. I've been a paid journalist <laughs> since I was 16 years old because I worked at the free press in high school. And then went to Michigan State for the state news and for the journalism program. 
nasty little secret. I was a Michigan fan when I went to Michigan State. Well, I know you got the smarts in you, Jamel. So. No, it's just that it was the Fab Five, and it was, you know, it was a whole— with, You couldn't even resist that? I No, because Chris Webber's mother taught at my high school. I went to Mumford. Wow. Did yeah. you see C. Webb went back for the first time this past week? I heard that. I heard that, which is great, because I do think—I um, was really glad when him and Jalen, when that fence mended— because well, I think it's still in the process, don't you? It think? is, but it's better than it was. No question, right? I think there's progress been made. Maybe I won't go as far as to say the fence has been totally mended, right? But I've told them both this individually. Yeah. Like you guys are very important to the history and legacy of the city of Detroit. I love you both. I know you have things you need to talk about and work out, but it does us no good, you know. To to quote Jay Z, you know, it's it's no good when the family feuds. Like, not for the city of Detroit. You guys are too important for that. So they know how I feel about that. Wow, well, what do they say to you when you say that? I've gotten positive responses from both. Um, I think it's just a matter of just overcoming, you know, certain baggage and certain things. And I always feel like when you're in that situation, it doesn't do you any good to relitigate the past. You have to start from where the point you are forward. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we have in common now? Like, we can't go back and change anything, anything that was said to go back and say, well, you said this or you said that. That's not going to work. You have a more important mission than that. And the mission is this city loves you both. We would love to see you united. You guys are both. You have done amazing things for the city. So Mm -hmm. imagine what that, you know, could do together. And I hope to one day, much like we saw Magic and Isaiah have that conversation on NBA um, TV. I hope we see that conversation soon. That would be amazing. I think it would be. And, and, and uh, you know, it's... They're, they're, they mean so much. Obviously, you, you can speak specifically about what it, they mean to the city of Detroit. I'm just talking about pop culture, uh, what they mean to the, the sport of basketball and just seeing what they have inspired and who they have inspired. Yeah. And how at the time they were viewed as thugs and what they were wearing. And now we had TJ's brought it up every single time when Jalen and C-Webb and Jawan Howard have been on the show about how the short s- size are now creeping back up. Yeah, I don't and like, like that. And it's just like, you know. It's like John Stockton won the battle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he won it. Fat Five didn't get called all those names just to have five. You know what I'm saying? Again. Like, now, you, now, now all the players wearing hoochie daddy shorts. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? I thought we had agreed. That's that was not the said. case. That's, that's what they said here. Also, Rich, uh, Jamel mentioned Mumford. That's where Jerry Bruckheimer, when we talked that, about and, and by, I, yeah. Do you know how many times I've had to tell people Mumford's a real high school? Yeah. And when Axel Foley wore it, wore the T-shirt, people assumed it was fictional. I was like, no, Jerry Bruckheimer went to my high school. Yeah. That's why he got the Mumford mention in Maybe there. Maybe you should be in the remake of Beverly Hills. Come Jerry, hit yeah, me right? <laughs> I'm there. We can okay. make dreams come true around here. So Uphill, uh, a memoir, uh, again, where all books are sold. I mean, how are you comfortable now being somebody who talks about the world and life and society and you're, you know, my, my my Northwestern professor always called the sports world the toy department. You're kind of out of the toy department now. Jamel, are you comfortable in that role? It's interesting because when I talk to younger sports journalists and try to get them to understand how it was characterized, you know, when we were kind of cutting our teeth in this business, mm-hmm. it's true. I don't know if it can be called that anymore because we see the collision. It's always been there, but I think the collision is more talked about and written about now between sports, politics, race, gender, all of these things, culture. And I'm comfortable, always will be comfortable in in that lane. 
I think because of the incidents I've been known for that people put me in another lane. Some yes. people have, have called me an activist. I'm like, I'm not an activist. I know activists who are on the front lines, who are marching, protesting, gathering city fit, city officials, making proposals. I am not that. I am happy to amplify their work. I'm happy to do what I can to be just a servant and being a citizen in this country because there are very important issues that are on the table. Everybody, please go vote. And so because of that, um, I don't mind being in those lanes, but I think sports is still a great lens to see these very important issues. Because think about it, Rich, as a society, we still remain very segregated. We don't worship together. Most of us have our communities and friends typically among racial and social economic backgrounds are about the same. Mm -hmm. The one thing that we do together is sports. We sports together. And that's why I think sports has a special opportunity to get people to open up their minds, to engage in different issues. And I know there's going to be a loud and active crowd to say, I watch sports. I don't watch it for that. You mean to tell me you weren't inspired by Muhammad Ali or John Carlos and Tommy Smith or even Colin Kaepernick or LeBron or Serena who have often used their platform to speak to other issues? Mm -hmm. Of course you were. Mm -hmm. And the reason you listened is because you enjoyed and loved their talent. So because of that, I will always write and talk about sports because of its unique ability to unify. Well, I, and you're you're so spot on when you talk about how sports and, and society is mixing and how main, you know, I guess, topics of conversation about politics and the world and how we deal with each other. It happens all the time. And I'm I'm not I'm not comfortable talking about it here. I do. I do when I speak from the gut and speak from the heart. I, I mean, I did that in hour number one with what Kyrie Irving put on his Twitter account, and I, you know, and how he said that he's not, um, he's not promoting a book that talks about tropes of anti-Semitism, and I've, I felt I was offended. I'm frightened, actually. I'm frightened because I saw beamed on the side of the stadium in the world's co- largest cocktail party in Jacksonville. Yep. Conray, is, Conray is right about the Jews. And then somebody ran and put that on a building in Jacksonville and the normalization of that sort of stuff that I, I, I hope isn't happening um, becomes normalized when somebody who we're, we're rooting for because he, he's so terrific at basketball and gives him a platform of four and a half million says, I'm not promoting it. Yes, when you are. Right. It is, it's, and listen, and kudos to Nick Ferdale, who I know, for challenging him on what he was saying, you know, in full disclosure, I actually Kyrie and I have done some social justice stuff together. I like him. I think he means well. But when he first posted the Alex Jones video, mm-hmm. I sent him a direct message then. And I was like, listen, when you take somebody like that who has caused so much pain to a number of families who lost their kids in one of the most horrific acts of gun violence we've ever seen in this country. I don't care what point that he's making. I don't care if me and Alex Jones agree that the sky is blue. I will never say out of my mouth, I agree with something that Alex Jones says. And he had a very polite response back. I didn't want to go back and forth in that manner. I'm hoping at some point I'd love to have a face-to-face conversation with him because I do think that he is better than what he's shown. I don't blame you for feeling that. And I've tried to explain this to people is the one thing you don't want to do is have talking points that are similar to some of the worst people in history. The reason why this language is bad when you try to paint 
Jewish people this way is because that's the exact reason Hitler used to justify exterminating millions of Jews, that they're collectively deceptive and that they're working together. And there's a conspiracy going there and that they're trying to keep us down. Like that's how that all started. And so anything that promotes that is very dangerous. And it's the same thing with Kanye West. Not only that, but what he said about George Floyd's, um, you know, the reason George Floyd died, which was proven in court not to be true. When you have these kind of platforms, there is a responsibility that comes with them. Anything that you put on there is seen as a promotion. A A retweet is an endorsement. Posting it for millions of people to see is an endorsement. And so we have to collectively be able to um, not just stand together, but also, I think, make people in these positions aware of the damage you can do very, very easily. And that we also see through the the uh, the um, responsibility avoidance that we see through the flimsy excuses. I mean, again, that Kanye says that because Adidas rightfully canceled their relationship, he now feels like he knows what having a a boot on his neck is or Favre saying that, you know, I didn't know this was all going on when I'm texting people. Same. I hope it's not coming. It's going to come. Could it, could this come out? Like yeah. could the media find it? And even with Aaron Rodgers and some of the misinformation that he gladly shared, it's like when you are in that position, the responsibility is different. That same position can bring you millions, bring you adulation. That same position you have to treat very carefully. I've even had to learn this myself, okay, that that matters. And you have to be vigilant about and intentional about the messages you're sending. Jamel Hill, Uphill, a memoir. Go get it where all books are sold. Jamel Hill is unbothered. New episodes drop on Mondays yes, on Spotify. Yes, and it's out one out right now since, what do you, you know, talking about Dwayne what? Wade. Dwayne Wade is my guest this week on Jamel Hill Isn't Bothered, available only on Spotify. And oddly enough, um, Gabrielle Union is on the back of your book saying how you should buy it. Yes. Look, Follow look. their advice. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Soledad O'Brien as well, Tamron Hall, uh, and so much more. Thanks for coming on, coming in at Jamel Hill, and um, I barely even brought up the final score. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, you know, why don't you have me, I don't know, on like, the day after Independence Day or something, okay. something, something we'll where neither of our teams are playing. Okay, March Madness or March something 80, like that? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Never know. Well, I mean, we'll see that, that kid number zero, what, Keon Johnson, is that his name? Yeah. He plays for Izzo, too. Man. Yeah. Oh, is, Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman, yes. pardon me. Yeah. He is good. You know, he reminded I'm me. Glad they didn't, you didn't keep throwing to him. Reminded me of how Braylon Edwards did Michigan State. On that, in that triple overtime oh years ago. Oh, my God. It was, like, embarrassing. My wife did the sideline reporting for that, and I thought I would never see her again because they rushed the field. Look at that. I'm like, but thankfully she did, and uh, <laughs> everything's great. Uh, at Jamel Hill on Twitter and Instagram, go get Uphill where all books are sold. We're back with more in a moment. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Looking to buy a new home? Navy Federal Credit Union has loan options and resources that help their members save and make sure they get the best deal. And right now, Navy Federal will contribute up to $1,000 as a lender credit towards closing costs on your new home. Plus, members save on their monthly payments since there's no requirement for private mortgage insurance. That's not all. Navy Federal offers low rates and fees, too, so you could save even more. And Navy Federal's experts can help you choose the best option for you so the home loan process is as smooth an experience as possible. Go to NavyFederal.org for more. Navy Federal Credit Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Qualifying members with purchase mortgage applications after September 16th may receive up to $1,000 towards actual closing costs applied to closing with no cash back and subject to loan program maximum contribution limits. Term subject to change. Ask your loan officer for details. We haven't talked much Halloween stuff today. So guess what? I have a list. Oh. Top five scariest storylines from week number eight. I need NFL Films music. We're not going to go spooky music, but... No, but- We'll have a little bit of fun. Let's go, Mikey. Okay. Number five <laughs> on this list. Whoa. The Cowboys were forced to see what they have in Tony Pollard, and he is frightening. <laughs> frightening. So that's scary for everyone else. It is scary yeah. for everyone else. I think you'll notice the theme. Oh. Almost 10 yards per rush. Cowboys are 8-1 and one when the guy has at least 15 touches. No, when the guy has at least 15 touches in a game. Average 43 points per game when that happens. That's scary. Number four on this list. Josh Allen threw two picks and still won by 10. That's scary. Get out of here. I mean, he threw interceptions last night. It's like, yeah, so what? Okay. They're not in any trouble. James Cook's catching it. Devin Singletary's suddenly worthy to pick up in fantasy. He throws two picks, and they still beat the Green Bay Packers by 10. Number three, two words, Derrick Henry. That's a nightmare. That is frightening. Are you kidding me, the diminisher? No, thanks. The Houston Texans say, please, no more. Problem is, they're in the same division, and he's coming for them again. Four straight games of 200 and more yards against the same team. Houston Texans, (laughs) you think the McNair family owns you? No, it's this guy. (laughs) 
guess what's coming? Who's your daddy? And it's on Christmas weekend. A lump of coal coming for them. Oh, my goodness. Wow. On Christmas Eve, who's coming down the chimney? The Diminisher. It's, it's the Diminisher. They've won five in a row. Number two on this list. <laughs> the Eagles now have a big-time passing game. What? They're supposed to run it down your throat? Nah, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, not one, not two, but three, three. touchdown Put passes. Put the guy up. they picked up on draft day, you're thinking, okay, we'll see what happens, right? Really, Jalen Hurts and this guy going to connect? That going to frighten you? Oh, yeah. Calls are coming from within the house. Love AJ and they're Brown. coming up top. Yeah, Number one. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's back and he's a 49er. Oh, gosh. That's a, one more scare. That's, That's one scare for a throw. One scare for a catch. One scare for a run. And they didn't even have Debo. What? They did that? Without, Without Debo? Debo. Ayuk scored. Kittle scored. This guy did what we haven't seen in the league since Latanian Tomlinson did it in 05. By the way, so he did it. LDT did it. The only other person to do it? Walter Payton. That is exclusive crap. company. Yeah, he's a, fo- a, and he's a 49er player. doing it. Yeah. Going to save Kyle Shanahan's gig. Those are your top five scariest storylines of Halloween weekend week eight. <laughs> is it? Is it scary that your running back's a better quarterback than your quarterback, though? That's Ouch. Uh, you know what? Troll all you want, sir. <laughs> if it takes the pressure off of one James G, they'll do it. You can listen to the NFL in the NFL app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One Station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. If it's the NFL, it's on Westwood One. Love Westwood One. Great sound drop, Mike. Uh, well, well done. Fine. That's a good scream. What did you type in to find that? Scream. Woman screams. There you go. <laughs> Not, it wasn't that hard. Come on. Well done. <laughs> I, I want to thank Jamel Hill, and I want to thank Chris Long, and I'd like to thank you. You know why I wore this, too? It's the Battle of Ohio tonight. You know what I'm saying? Color schemes. Color schemes. But that's red. You're no, right. it's not. This is orange. That is not orange. Neither one of you yeah, apparently yeah, understand guys. what the right. color orange looks insane? like. Are you insane? Neither what, That is, is not, not orange. orange. Oh, it's and salmon. you had salmon. I went salmon. 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 What is... <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you people? Back to wrap up on Roku in a moment.